Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You're listening to the Revenge of the Birds podcast, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network, hosted by Blake Murphy 7 and Johnny Touchdown, all about your Arizona Cardinals. Hello and welcome into the Revenge of the Birds podcast. Uh, if you're joining us now, this is part two of our annual mock draft series. We will uh, have our first round mock with trades, uh, going back and forth, alternating between me, Blake Murphy, and my co-host, the Venerable John Venerable. Uh, John, how are you? And when we just left off, you were talking about the Cowboys and uh, making a pick in the secondary. Who, who oh, man. in the world could you have? I almost blew it. I almost blew the the tease. But here we go. About to say you don't want to. You're just spoiling the pick, right? Tipping the that's, pick, John. That's, that's right. what you're about to do last time. It's right? almost like we could be recording this all on the same night. But no, in all actuality, we're kicking off. The latter half of our first round, our mock draft here in 2020 with pick number 17, that being the Dallas Cowboys replacing Byron Jones, who went for big dollars to Miami. They're taking a local product, if you will, from Texas Christian, that being Jeff Gladney. He is, in my opinion, the third cornerback in this class. You could argue he's second right alongside C.J. Henderson, ran a 4-4-8 at the combine. And in my opinion, what you're seeing from a lot of draft experts is he's Sidney Jones before the injury. That's coming from Lance Zerling of NFL.com. Tremendous in zone coverage. Operates with tremendous anticipation. He's a great tackler. He's somebody that's going to be able to slide in on that defense that still has a lot of talent, Blake. But again, it's, it's I think, do or die in that secondary right now. You're looking for that number one corner. I think Dallas would look on offensive line if one of the tackles fell to them. You're looking at some of their their offensive line is kind of crumbling at the seam. Could they go interior to replace the, the individuals that they're losing? Uh, of course, they lost their center to retirement. I think they go secondary. Somebody like Gladney just makes too much sense for it not to happen, Blake. Jeff Gladney, cornerback, TCU. One of the smaller cornerbacks in the class, Gladney didn't let that stop him. He showed a quick pace of foot, as well as being able to keep up and shut down some of the top receivers in the Big 12. He's got 42 career starts with great production and was able to match at a 4-4-40 at the Combine, as well as being able to have an explosive 37-inch vertical jump. Despite the smaller stature, he seems like he's a guy who could end up becoming a top performer at the next level. With a solid technique, He's a great four-year starter, and it will be scrappy to boot. While he might not be the biggest guy on the field, he shows heart on every single play. All he has to do is improve his route anticipation. NFL comparison, Brent Grimes. 
Yeah, th this is a spot where the Cowboys, for whatever reason, they have to have so many guys to pay. They're up against the cap. To me, it wouldn't shock me if uh, they're apparently out on wide receivers. They're looking at the secondary. I could see a Xavier McKinney going here as well. But Gladney's a guy who, if he doesn't go at least in the second round, he'll be going late first. It's hard to find a lot of corners. He's a local guy, like you said, at a TCU. I think that could appeal to Jerry. And they save a lot of money on their corner. Now, would I have paid Byron Jones over Ezekiel Elliott? I mean, yeah. But Hindsight. when you look at when you look at how much of the jersey he sells and how the running back position has always been super valued in Dallas, like ever since the uh, days of Emmett Smith, that's just kind of how it is, and that's Jerry World for you. So we get down to pick number 18, and this is one where the, there was possibility we talked about, John, of the Dolphins taking a tackle at pick number 5, using their picks to trade back up for a guy like Tua. We didn't think he might, he might not get out of the, at least for sure, if the Charters didn't take him, uh, maybe a team like the Raiders would have moved up. Perhaps there would have been even a team like the Jaguars would have thought twice about it if it had been a little bit cheaper to just not have to trade up for the quarterback. Maybe that's the case. But they still get one of the top four tackles. Yep. I have Louisville offensive tackle Mackay Becton here at 18 for the Dolphins. Mackay Becton, offensive tackle, Louisville. At 6'7", 364 pounds, and running a sub-five-second 40-yard dash. Yikes. Mackay Becton could be joining the Avengers at any day now. He has a massive frame with broad shoulders and isn't a slouch in the athleticism game. He can move in space and reset his legs with the best of them. That said, due to his big size and powerful frame, he's got a bad habit at times of oversetting and, while being highly competitive, did end up running into a busted test at the Combine. Still, while some would put him as a guard, he's got enough upside to potentially man your offensive line and be a stud player in the league. That alone makes him more than just a simple boom or bust prospect at the next level, even if some may have weight concerns long term. NFL comparison, Bryant McKinney. It's tremendous value. I don't love Becton for the Cardinals in the top 10, but that doesn't mean that Getting him, especially in the late teens, is not tremendous value for the Miami Dolphins. And that's where the benefit of having multiple first-round picks comes into play. There are going to be great players that fall to you. Wherever it may be, Derwin James fell into the late teens a few years back for the, for the San Diego Chargers. So, again, not my favorite player. Got hit with a diluted sample or potentially a diluted sample. So he's on this, I think the the uh the watch list for substance but and I don't think the Cardinals are going to touch him but that doesn't mean the Miami Dolphins who did draft Larry Tunsil after that uh infamous draft day video popped up a few years back uh they got to replace Tunsil and Becton has upside there's no doubt about it can he become Bryant McKinney on the right side only time will tell well if you're scoring at home you know that the Oakland Raiders have a second first round pick pick number 19 mm. And we had teased it early on that they could potentially go quarterback at pick 12. There was only one really true first-round quarterback remaining. They didn't. They went Jerry Judy, which, talk about value, getting maybe the best receiver and the draft at pick 12. That's great for the L.A. Raiders. Excuse me, the Vegas Raiders. But now looking at pick 19, Blake, they, they, did, the, they did the smart thing. They, they waited, right? They didn't force it. Now they know. They don't have a second-round pick. They weren't able to trade down. I think they pull the trigger on Utah State quarterback Jordan Love, 6'4", 225. Listen, John Gruden was infatuated with Kyler Murray last year. 
you know for a fact he is not married to Derek Carr. They signed Marcus Mariota in the offseason. We would think to, to push Carr, to back up Carr. We'll see if Mariota starts. Well, you know what? If Jordan Love is the pick in the first round, I think Mariota does start because I think Derek Carr gets shipped out of town. Jordan Love comes in as a rookie, sits behind Mariota. Very similar quarterback. Being able to look at their mobility, their size, their arm talent. I, I think Jordan Love has big upside with Gruden. I think Mayock wants a rookie quarterback to groom in the Mahomes um, model where you sit him his rookie year. He's incredibly uh, mobile outside the pocket. Yes, dip in production this past year, coaching staff, turmoil, but two years ago was fantastic. Set all kinds of single-season records for Utah State. Um, I think we'll be able to elevate the, the limited talent that, that the, the Vegas Raiders have, I think he and Judy, you talk about Jordan Love, Jerry Judy starting a new era in Raiders football, and I think we could see Derek Carr being shipped out maybe to another team that doesn't get their first-round quarterback, Blake. Jordan Love, quarterback, Utah State. Jordan Love is a super-talented dual-threat passer who had a fantastic 2018 season and followed it up with 17 interceptions to 20 touchdowns in 2019. He's got an incredible arm. It often compares to Patrick Mahomes and his ability to throw on the run and make some of the most incredible throws. However, a step back and a lot of inconsistent decision-making, including locking onto his first targets and really not having great pocket movement, means that he's going to need some work, but he still looks to be a, a starter at the next level. Despite the time that's needed to mature mentally. I don't know if he can do it, but we'll find out. NFL comparison, Josh Allen, with maybe a little bit of Blaine Gabbert mixed in. Yes, this will be interesting because most people are swearing the fact that Love is going to go high, that he's going to be a much sought-after type of uh, quarterback. And when you look at him, there's plays that remind you of Patrick Mahomes, and there's plays that remind you of, I don't know, what's the what's the opposite of Mahomes? Like a Blaine Gabbard, I would say, under pressure. It, this seems very much to me like a, someone even said, it's almost kind of like you'd be replacing Derek Carr with a Derek Carr who actually can get away um, and be able to make some plays down the field, which if that's the case, and that may be an upgrade for John Gruden, if they pass on a quarterback here, I'd think that they could be looking at a wide receiver. Um, oh, sorry, a cornerback since they already took a wide receiver earlier. Um, but I have that going at the next pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars, with their pick from the St. Louis Rams. They need a cornerback now. They've traded Jalen Ramsey. I have them taking LSU's Christian Fulton. He's a guy who got suspended, I believe, at one point and had issues. But when you're talking about LSU DBs, they're kind of in a class of their own uh, in the NFL, right up there with uh, Washington defensive backs, which the Cardinals seem to like to draft all the time. Uh, I think that he's the pick for the Jaguars here as they work on rebuilding and revamping that defense. Now with Ken Law up on the front and with Christian Fulton in the back end. Christian Fulton, cornerback, LSU. Fulton is a composed athlete who played a lot of press man cover in Dave Aranda's 3-4 scheme in the likes of Patrick Peterson and Morris Claiborne. However, he had some issues as far as with having a couple of injuries and an attempt to cheat a drug test, ending in an NCAA two-year ban that was reduced to one year. His off-field, not necessarily clean, but his on-field is fun to watch. He needs to improve his tackling and being able to man and glue to his guy downfield. 
but overall he's able to stay disciplined and has the athletic traits and feel for the position, projecting as an NFL starter. NFL comparison, Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie. Yeah, it's a very Jaguar pick. Like you mentioned, they're rebuilding that defense that's been decimated. They're taking long-term guys that have an opportunity to be molded. They're not looking for instant impact, and I think that's going to benefit a lot of players that go to them. They're not you know, moving up for a quarterback this year and putting all their eggs in one basket. We've heard rumors, Blake. Certainly online, it's been reported. Leonard Fournette could be dealt in this draft as well. I think I, I think we expect him to be dealt, probably for a, a day three pick. So it's a new era in Jacksonville. I would tell their fans to continue to be patient. Who knows, that team may not even be in Jacksonville here in a couple years. Well, a team that is going nowhere uh, is the Philadelphia Eagles um, coming off a division championship. They need help defensively. They need help at receiver. Well, the receiver board, you would argue, is kind of picked over at this point. I'm not sure. Justin Jefferson, a little too rich for my liking at pick 21. So they're going to go defense. They're going to go inside linebacker, the second best inside linebacker, if you count Isaiah Simmons in this draft. They're going to go Kyler Murray's former teammate, Oklahoma, Kenneth Murray, inside linebacker, tremendous sideline to sideline. We know Steve Kimes a big fan. They, the Cardinals have had, I think, several touch points with Kenneth Murray. So if they were to trade down, let's say Philadelphia came up to eight. I could see this being the pick for Kime at 21. Um, but Philadelphia stands pat. They're looking to revamp the defense. They have tried multiple, multiple inside linebackers over the course of the last decade. They haven't been able to really fill that 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 void from you know Jordan Hicks. They took the kid from Oregon. Uh, I can't Kiko Alonso. They, they've tried so many different combinations at inside backer. Let's hope for them that, that Kenneth Murray is the guy that sticks for them, Blake. Kenneth Murray, linebacker, Oklahoma. The 6'2", 241-pound Sooner played for three years for Oklahoma, and he's got a lot of style technique and some crazy athleticism. If you look at his NFL Combine scores, it was awesome. He had a 4'5", 240, the 38-inch vertical jump, and a crazy 129 broad-inch jump. He looks at the next level like he's going to be a classic read-and-react linebacker, but there's questions about his ability in coverage, especially playing in the Big 12, and there's too often he can get baited on play action. Still, he seems like he's a guy who can man the middle of the defense as a Mike linebacker and comes as a starting Mike at the next level. The biggest question for him moving forward will be can he adjust in the pass game or is he forever going to be more of a two-down linebacker? NFL comp, Quan Alexander. Yeah, this is a pick a lot of Eagles fans will be disappointed by probably looking at a wide receiver. I think that this is something where it not only would replace Hicks, I think that would be a solid pick for them. And we know this is a wide receiver deep draft. It wouldn't shock me if the Eagles did end up, you know, taking a player here and then traded up from 53 to do that, or if they could see the reverse. They're seemingly aggressive. Um, they've been connected to actually C.D. Lamb in the past few weeks. It's just going to be a huge leap up from 21 to 11 for a non-quarterback, unless you're going to package, you know, you know, picks two, three, four, and a third next year, two second, like two seconds, and have a team bite on that. You're not going to trade up. At least you'd assume a future 20, 2021 first to jump up for Lamb. Maybe I'll be wrong on that, but I think that this is a fair pick to make over here. I have a next pick is another kind of classic pick that would define a team. I've got the Vikings taking cornerback AJ Terrell. You've got Xavier Rhodes, just kind of play decline drastically in the last year. He's someone who a lot of people might be surprised by because he didn't have the best 2019. He didn't even have a great national championship game, but it seems like he's recovered some of his stock and he's going a lot higher than what some of the other current mock drafts have been going. And this is also a classic Mike 
Zimmer pick. He's taken so many first-round corners. It's unbelievable, John. A.J. Terrell, cornerback, Clemson. Having six interceptions in his collegiate career, Terrell is an excellent long corner with a balance and an angry play in coverage. He can tackle well in the open field and was a two-year starter for Clemson during those national championship runs. He's physical and tough, and while he might get burned a bit often and was inconsistent in a lot of times against route technicians, turns out he didn't see his stock sink nearly as much as many people thought. He's a solid athlete. He's got the physical toughness, the mental toughness. All he has to do is learn how to play just a little less physical so he won't get flagged. NFL comp, Trey Waynes. Yeah, uh, it's like every year they, t- they take a first-round corner and – you know, nine out of ten times it doesn't pan out, so they're still swinging to the fences. That's a very Mike Zimmer-esque first-round pick, um, but still good value. We don't want to knock the value. Uh, and speaking of value, the New England Patriots at pick 23, would they be in play for Jordan Love? Should he be here? I'm not sure. I think they could be in play for Derek Carr if he goes to the Vegas Raiders, Blake. But for That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. I would say that right now, a young quarterback, whether it's Jared Stenham or a developmental guy, maybe like a Jacob Eason down the line, he needs a competent offensive line. And for whatever reason, the Patriots have not been able to consistently develop offensive talent. They're tremendous on the defensive side, but their receiving core is limited. But they took a first-round receiver last year in Nikhil Harry. They're counting on him. They're counting on Edelman. Sony Michelle really hasn't panned out as a first-round running back. What can ail a bunch of – what could fix a lot of these ailments, I think, is to upgrade the offensive line – not looking at tackle. I'm looking at the first interior offensive line off the board, that being Michigan guard slash center, Cesar Ruiz, uh, to come in and fill that opposite guard position for Joe Tony, who we think could be dealt. Maybe Ruiz takes over for David Andrews on the inside. Shaq Mason, of course, at the other guard position. Marcus Cannon, Isaiah Wynn at the tackle positions. I think the the Patriots, Bill Belichick, they want to run the football. They want to be physical. They want to play action. Um, And I I just think that either – I think Belichick's going to look at it like, like, do I want the sixth or seventh best tackle or do I want the best interior offensive lineman in this class from a power – running team from Jim Harbaugh in the Big Ten, that being Michigan. Uh, Ruiz is the pick, I believe, at, what's this, 23? 23 overall, Blake. Cesar Ruiz, center, Michigan. A multi-sport athlete with a thick, compact build who's put together well like you'd expect an interior lineman to be. He's probably the best center in this year's NFL draft. He has a great ability to adjust on the fly and is awesome as far as his hip flexibility and bent knees after a contact. Unfortunately for him, he's not technically sound from snap to snap and can get inconsistent. The biggest issue with him so far, penalties. He had six of those in 2019 and needs to get more discipline. Overall, when he gets rushed, he can break down, but he's a very stalwart pass protector and should continue to grow in the run game. All together, the makings of a starting NFL center. NFL comparison, Ryan Kelly. Yeah, this is the 23rd pick that you have. A lot of people wondered if the Patriots will be in one of those cases where uh, someone even just like said, are they going to sign Dalton? Do you get Cam Newton and see if you get a career revival? That would be interesting to watch. Um, this is going to be an interesting year for Bill Belichick because you kind of have two options. You can either prove that it was you who was the magic behind all of it with Tom Brady moving to Tampa Bay 
Um, if you can end up getting into the playoffs, it'd be a huge accomplishment, especially with how Buffalo's defense has been um, kind of steadily improving while they've got Josh Allen on that rookie deal. And he's actually even gotten better since he started as a rookie, too. Got to give him that. Uh, we've got our next pick that's going to be coming up from the... Uh, who is this? Oh, uh, this is the New Orleans Saints, I was going to say. Yeah, so I think the Pats, they could tank potentially for next year. One team that's not tanking is the Saints. They could use a player on defense, a playmaker, anywhere from a corner to a defensive lineman. But I have them going linebacker with the local boy staying at home. I got Patrick Queen, a guy who rose up uh, pretty drastically this past year. As one year starting, there's some questions up there, but the athleticism and his kind of natural fit as a linebacker is not a question at all. This is another LSU player who goes in the first round, and I think that this would be a great fit for the Saints as well. Patrick Queen, linebacker, LSU. A bit on the small side for a linebacker at only six foot and 230 pounds, Queen was a one-year starter for the national championship LSU Tigers. He doesn't have quite the resume of guys like Isaiah Simmons or Kenneth Murray, but he's got excellent play speed and is a great 3-4 linebacker, being able to stack and shed and finish, as well as being able to show some coverage skills. His combine was fantastic running a 4-5-40 with a foot broad jump and a 35-inch vertical. He's one of the youngest players in the draft, and despite it all, he looks like he's going to be a first-round pick. There's a lot of concerns, however, because he's still developing. He has a bad habit of missing tackles, often going too high or too low, and can get blocked out of a play a bit too easily. If he can adjust to doing better with play fakes, though, he may be a true stud. Eric Kendricks. That's a win-now kind of move. That's a championship player going to a championship roster. Of course, spearheading that vaunted LSU defense that won a national championship, going to a Saints team that really feels like they're going all in. I've heard people speculate on quarterback. I I think when you have Drew Brees in the fold, Similar when the Patriots had Tom Brady, you just you continue to pump in resources to try to win a championship. They they felt like they were close this year. They were upset by the next team on the list, that being the Minnesota Vikings, who traded away wide receiver Stephon Diggs to the Buffalo Bills. I believe this would be Buffalo's pick here at twenty-five. And Blake, yeah, they traded more for uh, yeah, they traded more for Diggs than the Cardinals traded for DeAndre Ooh, Hopkins. Don't remind, which is crazy, don't, but don't remind Bills fans. Yeah. that's good. That's good. Hey, uh, it's a great player. Great yes, player. Absolutely. Like, there you go. Just Diggs, Diggs there's only one Bill O'Brien. Yeah, that's right. Diggs is younger too. Hopkins is a little bit older than Diggs, so maybe that factored into it. Plus, they didn't have a player like David Johnson, <clears throat> the handover. So, what I will say is, eventually, got to get another receiver. Receiver opposite of Adam Thielen. You want to supplement that first-round pick and be able to add from this crazy deep wide receiver group. And I know that Viking fans are having flashbacks to Laquan Treadwell. This is not him, I promise. Denzel Mims, wide receiver from the University of Baylor, going to the Minnesota Vikings, 6'3", 220, incredibly physical, the kind of player that will sell out in the run game, break yards after catch, just a... A phenomenal player on Saturdays this past season of college football. He's got legitimate 4-4 speed, big physical from from down from Texas. He set all kinds of receiving records um, and just was incredible in the Big 12. I think is the kind of player that Mike Zimmer wants. Um, incredibly fluid, will go up and, and get those 50-50 balls, kind of like Hopkins does. 
Um, needs some refinement in his route running, but I think is just ready to go for a Vikings team right now that feels like they're continually going for it, extending Kirk Cousins, which, you know, I don't know what you say about that, but Mims should, should definitely help offset the, the gap and the loss of Stephon Diggs, Blake. Denzel Mims, wide receiver, Baylor. Mims wasn't getting a lot of traction up until the Senior Bowl. Weighing it at 6'3", 207 with some pretty decent 33-inch arms, he's turned out to be a guy who's seen his draft stock rise pretty drastically. He's got a good combination of size and speed. He's able to use his stutter, step and go, as well as being able to catch a lot of those 50-50 balls. And he showed a lot more of his route tree at the Senior Bowl than he was at Baylor. He is a guy who looks to be a potential X or even a high-end wide receiver one at the next level. That said, he does have some issues as far as with his overall quickness. He can kind of break a little bit slowly, and he's got a lot of work to do on his routes. Still, he seems to be a pretty physical player overall. If he can fix his drops, he may be a special talent at the next level. Projected to go late first, his current wide receiver comp is, the next level is, DJ Shark. Yeah, and Mems is a guy who didn't show as many routes or the ability on tape because he wasn't asked to do a whole lot. The senior bill changed that for a lot of people. And he came out a huge winner from that. Um, I think that more likely he would go in the top of the second round. I think maybe first is there, but when you're talking about this receiver class, he's one of those guys who there is probably a bit of a drop-off after as far as pure athleticism. Uh, our next pick that we have is going to be for the Miami Dolphins, their final of three first-round picks. They could use another playmaker in the secondary. I've got them taking Xavier McKinney, a guy who he's kind of a, he's a good enough guy around the line. He's almost like a linebacker in a lot of different ways, but still has the athleticism and speed to be able to play in the safety position. I think that this would be a great spot for the Dolphins. I would expect him to normally go higher than this, to be honest. But he falls to the Dolphins, and he's in a great landing spot as well because they need him. they got a defensive head coach in Brian Flores. And he's going to be a guy who's really fun to watch in that Dolphins defense on Sundays. Xavier McKinney, safety, Alabama. McKinney was one of the stalwart defenders for the Crimson Tide this year, being played all over the field, sometimes at linebacker, slot corner, and safety. He was one of the do-it-all guys. Now, what's crazy is that he's probably one of the better in-the-box safeties, if not the best, in this entire draft. He showed off the athleticism and especially mental aptitude, but has quite a few issues in coverage down the field, often when being matched up with some of the top wide receivers or even some of the top tight ends. He had a couple collapses in coverage. Still, he has a knack for being able to make plays and be in the right spot at the right time. He projects at the next level of being a strong safety inside of the box, being able to force balls loose and direct a defense. NFL comparison, Mark Barron. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about a, a phenomenal first-round haul for the Miami Dolphins. I'm excited for their fan base. And, of course, dealing away a safety in Minka Fitzpatrick, they need secondary help, Blake, so that pick makes a lot of sense. And I'll, I'll tell you another pick that I think it goes hand-in-hand hand with what they like to do as a franchise. First-round offensive linemen seem to be in the Seahawks' blood, and I think this is one of the better picks that they've made in the better part of a half decade, securing a player like Josh Jones at picks uh, 27. Jones, hailing from the University of Houston, has drawn comps to Bobby Massey. I think he's got a higher upside. I think he can play left tackle, and I think he can come in and be the kind of pass protection that really Russell Wilson hasn't had since his early years in Seattle with Russell Okun. 
I, I This is a player, Blake, that I would be infatuated with if the Cardinals were picking in the latter half of the first round. He's incredibly physical, 6'5", 320, uh, gets to the second level and just mauls people. He's a very fluid pass protector. Um, somebody, again, if the Cardinals look to trade down, I know that they've had interest. They've been talking to Josh Jones. Unfortunately, would hate to see him go to an in-division rival, but goodness, Russell Wilson has been gifted a godsend at pick 27. Talk about the value of Josh Jones, Blake. Somebody who I fully expect to probably go in the teens. Josh Jones, offensive tackle, Houston. With a prototypical size at 6'5", 319 pounds, Jones was a two-sport athlete, excelling in basketball at a younger level. I was looking at being a basketball player in college, and he ended up taking a totally different route instead, ending up as a left tackle for Houston. He's got definite issues as far as being able to develop in the run game, but in terms of pass protection, he's solid. He's able to do great drop in his pass set, has flexible hips, is comfortable being able to move up to the next level, and is not necessarily the most vocal guy, but with quiet leadership, finished with 45 starts in his NFL career. He didn't have the best combine overall with a 5-2, 740-yard dash and only a 9-inch broad jump. Still, he's flexible enough on tape and has solid hands, making him a potential future left tackle in the NFL. NFL comp, Dwayne Brown. Yeah, I would think that Jones is a guy who, if the Cardinals traded back and was going to take a lineman, I'd value him over an Ezra Cleveland. And Absolutely. might be a slight better scheme fit than Becton, even though Becton will have a lot more upside. Uh, Jones is a guy coming out of Houston who, as far as pure pass protection, he's right up there with Andrew Thomas. Uh, the question overall I think a lot of people have is, is he going to be able to get stronger to deliver in the run game? But great athlete, very technical. Uh, he's a player who, uh, again, like you said, the Cardinals have spent some time with. If there is a trade back from eight, he may be one of those guys in that second tier they target depending on how far back they go. Uh, maybe not if it's like, you know, you're picking in 12 to the 15 range, but maybe more of the 16 to 12 or 21 range for him. Uh, let's go into the next team, the Baltimore Ravens, coming off of that unanimous MVP season for Lamar Jackson. And most of it was a tight end-centric offense with Hollywood Brown and a blitzing defense. They could use a pass rusher here. Um, they did end up, I believe, franchise tagging uh, their top pass rusher from last year. But uh, they could use another weapon here. And when you talk about a lot of the over-the-middles where Lamar Jackson... It's not that he struggles, but the one area that there's kind of a fault is if it's to those long sideline throws kind of to the opposite hash. You can see a lot of defensive backs break or the ball just kind of go on him there. He's a much better when he can look at it over the middle, kind of thread it through traffic. So I've got him going with a perfect fit for that with Justin Jefferson out of LSU, the wide receiver who I think is a big slot will make a killing in the NFL. He tested as a much better athlete at the combine than people thought. He's a guy who's going to be a huge red zone target. And again, the rich are going to get richer, John. He is a almost perfect comparison to go with Hollywood Brown on the outside. Could even put them both together and run some vertical routes with his speed up from the slot. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, LSU. Jefferson was the leading receiver for the LSU Tigers during their national championship run, catching 111 balls for 1,540 yards with 18 touchdowns, led his team in receiving and receptions. He was the wide receiver in their offense, and while he's not necessarily a quick guy, he still ran a 4-4-3 at the 40-yard at the NFL Combine and is a solid route runner to boot. He'll make great plays on the ball, and he will work for it. He had a few too many drops for many people's liking, 
but with an incredible athletic outgoing at the combine, he seems like he could be an awesome guy in the big slot. NFL comparison, Michael Thomas of the Saints. And yes, that's a high-end comparison, but that's exactly how they should use him. Yeah, I like that pick. He's not my favorite player because I, I if I'm taking a first-round receiver, I want them to consistently win on the outside. I don't see that enough from mm. Jefferson. He's clearly not in the same class as his LSU counterpart that's coming out next year, but he's got a first-round grade. Nonetheless, they need receiver help, and, and to me that makes all the sense in the world. Let's shift gears to the Tennessee Titans picking at 29 overall, coming close to a Super Bowl. Being able to, to rush the passer is critical when you're facing the the likes of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL like Patrick Mahomes who the Tennessee Titans fell to in the AFC championship game I'm gonna have them go with a player that I think is is as fast a riser as any this he would not surprise me going much higher than this because of the lack of quality options at the position this is not a strong edge rusher class Utir Gross Matos I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly University of Penn State, 6'5", 266, will be able to put his hand in the dirt and get after the quarterback for the Titans. Prototypical just strength and power off the edge. He doesn't play with a lot of speed, but a lot of cleanup sacks at Penn State, being able to really get after the quarterback. He's, I believe he's a two-time All-Big Ten selection. Um, so just a steady presence off the edge. We'll, we'll probably never lead the league in sacks, but again, stout against the run, effort guy, 8 to 12 sacks on average a year, I'm predicting at the next level. For the Tennessee Titans, who, who want quality pass rushers on defense, they don't have enough right now. Um, I think he could go, Blake, as high as the early 20s, late teens, with, with the way that this position is, you know, Kinlaw, to me, is the next best pass rusher in this class. He went 14 to Jacksonville, not the same kind of player he plays on the interior. So we're talking about a huge gap from another defensive lineman. Yeter Gross Matos, edge rusher, Penn State. With excellent size and ability at 6'5", 266 pounds, Gross Matos has a great backstory where he was able to be saved by his grandfather after the father drowned during a collapse in the Chesapeake Bay. He took on the name of his stepfather, and while there's definitely some questions about his maturity, he seems to have the heart of a warrior. Gross Matos actually has a higher sack percentage than Caleb on Chason, the number two edge rusher in this class, and has 37 tackles for loss over his career. As a two-year starter at Penn State, while there's questions with maturity, he's rangy, he's athletic, and he's got the tools to be a high-impact edge rusher who can be able to play on both run and pass downs. That height, weight, and speed combo is sure to get some Chandler Jones and Alden Smith comps, but his NFL prospect comparison, Alex Okafor. Yeah, I agree. And there's a there's another player at least we'll talk about in a second who could go here as far as edge rusher. Uh, it's, uh, what is it? Yitor, I think is how you pronounce Yitor. it. Gross Matos. As I always look when I looked at my, it's like it feels like it's Gross Matos is how it looks, but it really is Gross <laughs> Matos. He's a he's got a fascinating backstory because even though there, he was I believe had a suspension in 2019. There's an off-season violation, but he's got a really inspiring upbringing. Uh, his father passed away when he was um, young, and then his mother remarried, and he actually took on the last name of Matos after his stepfather. And uh, like you said, John, he's a lengthy, athletic pass rusher. Like when you're talking about like lengthy, rangy athleticism, the first player that comes to mind for most people should be Chandler Jones. Not to say that he is going to be a Chandler Jones. Obviously, it's like comparing to a looks to be a future Hall of Fame player. 
but he's got a lot of quickness, a lot of length, and that seems to be what Tennessee likes. Uh, speaking of edge rushers, that's what I have with um, taking a look over at this next overall pick. Now, you wouldn't be uh, shocked, though, at least, John, to see at least this be a potential, uh, what's that? Oh, yeah, trade-up situation. Yep. And this is the last trade-up that we have, I think, actually. All right. Have, which, let's get the, let's get the siren. There it is. Yeah, trade up. Originally, we had talked about this as being a spot for a team trading up for that fifth-year option on a quarterback, but with four going in the first round, there's not really another space for that. And I think a Jalen Hurts, if Jordan Love ends up going this high, it means that Jalen Hurts is going to probably be falling somewhere in the second round. I don't know if I would take him in the first round anyway. There's a lot to like about that, but he's more of like you're kind of on that Alex Smith-Teddy Bridgewater type curve. Granted, he's got a lot more athleticism than Teddy, but just there's a lot of questions you'll probably have about the accuracy, and a lot of times Oklahoma made him look better. So I don't think a team trades up for him here. But I do have, after taking Isaiah Simmons, I've got the Detroit Lions jumping up from the second round to get Kayvon Chase on, the LSU edge rusher, who I thought was going to be gone by, like, pick 17, 18, or 19. He's still on our board in our mock draft. Uh, Maybe that it's different on draft day, John, but we've seen a lot of players take sudden or surprise falls because that's just the way that these drafts work. Kayvon Chase on. Outside linebacker, LSU. Chason only really got going in this last 2019 season, starting 13 games with 13 and a half tackles for loss and six sacks as the Tigers rolled to a national championship. He's got excellent edge quickness as well as long arms with a crazy 79-inch wingspan. He's able to flash some elusive ability as well as speed to power, and as a tall, long athlete, this will be a lot of Chandler Jones comparisons. He's got leadership qualities as well. That said, he's still pretty lean overall and had to come off of an ACL in his left knee and had issues missing games this past season with an ankle injury. His career production, comparatively, is pretty average. As only 9.5 sacks is going to question a lot of people if he's going to be an elite pass rusher at the next level. Still, as he continues to mature, he still has a high ceiling in the NFL. Prospect comparison, Howley Kikaha. It's such a crapshoot with this edge class. I would say with this entire defensive line class, you look at so many teams going out and signing front seven players, signing front four players at the start of free agency. This is why it's a strong offensive line receiver, maybe quarterback class. Defensive line, you're just going to have to roll the dice and hope you get uh, a quality pass rusher, quality interior defensive lineman. The Lions have done just that. and They get that fifth-year option, which is key. Moving on to in-division rival, the San Francisco 49ers, of course, coming up short in the Super Bowl. They're going to look long-term, Blake. They're going to take a developmental offensive tackle, Austin Jackson, from their backyard in USC. He's going to come in and sit behind Joe Staley. He could play a little bit of guard, but really, he is bound at left tackle. Staley's getting up there in age. They've got McGlinchey at right tackle. I've seen some comps of our own DJ Humphreys in Austin Jackson. Jackson, of course, donating bone marrow. So he was for, I believe, his sister. And so he was slow to come up to speed this uh, past season. So a kid that you're absolutely rooting for to do well, even if he were to go to in-rival San Francisco, I think could be the heir apparent to Staley. The Niners, for whatever reason, always do a really good job of securing blue chippers to feed into the pipeline of the offensive line for them. Jackson, I think if I'm scoring at home, Blake, is that seven first-round tackles that we have? Austin Jackson, offensive tackle, USC. 
Jackson is an athletic tackle who may be needing to fill his frame out a bit, but he was a stalwart man for the last few years for the USC Trojans. That said, there's a couple of questions with him. He's still exceedingly raw at the position. While the athleticism makes up for that, his technique needs a lot of improvement. He'd probably project more as a longer-term developmental project, but sometimes you just can't pass on that upside. He had a notable... He's had an uphill battle in his final year after he donated some bone marrow to his sister and ended up struggling some after the results. Fortunately for him, it doesn't seem like he's going to fall very far in the draft as he's got far too much upside for a team not to take him in the first round. The biggest question with Jackson is going to be if his lack of technique and fundamentals will end up turning him into more of a disappointment than a long-term stalwart. NFL comparison, Matt Khalil. Yeah, they said there's supposed to be about six or seven first-round tackles. We've got Jackson as one. We've got Jones. You've got Cleveland. you got the other four who are there, too. That's insane, but that makes sense for this draft. It's a deep tackle draft. There is going to be some other smaller school guys who are strong later. There's going to be a couple other guys who've had some injury stuff. These may be players that the Cardinals could potentially target later. If you assume that, like in our last mock draft, if you missed it, Jeff Okuda was who we had for the Cardinals that was taken. He fell down past when the Giants uh, Giants took Wilkes, or not Wilkes, sorry, Werfs. I had that written wrong in my notes. uh, Handwriting is a little sloppy here. Took Simmons, then he had a quarterback, and Jedrick Wells went, and Jeff Okuda was sitting there. Uh, Lamb went to the Jets, for those of you who wanted him at 8. And here we've got our final pick of this first-round mock draft, John. We finally get to it, the championship Uh, Kansas City Chiefs and there's a lot of ways to go you could try to look at a potential corner maybe you add an offensive lineman for the future or you try to swing the bat and try to get back to another Super Bowl the biggest need that the team had last year for a lot of it was after they after keeping Mahomes upright it was that they had a rotation of turning a whole bunch of running backs that were all over the place. After since they lost Kareem Hunt due to that suspension and then eventually being cut from the team due to domestic violence issue, uh, they just haven't been the same with their starter. So I've got them going with Clyde Edwards-Elair, the running back out wow. of LSU. Uh, this is kind of going to be one of those picks that I think could be your shocker pick for him going. A lot of people have him a lot lower in the draft, but I, really when you turn on the tape and look at him, he might be the top overall back because what he's elite in is his pass catching and his close range burst and quickness. Like you look at the guy, he's able to make spin tackles, be shifty, he's strong up the middle. He is a super talented back. And when you talk about throwing to your running backs in the pass game, no one does that better than Andy Reid. No one targets running backs, designs plays. He would have a field day with Edwards Elair. I think this would be one of those picks that would be a bit shocking to see a first-round running back go and one who is supposed to go later. But it's such a perfect schematic fit that I think this could be a possibility, assuming the Chiefs don't trade back on draft day, John. Clyde Edwards Elair, running back, LSU. While he was a one-year starter, Edwards Elair was incredible with the ball in his hands. He was agile, powerful, and used a heck of a spin move. Smash that B button on Madden. He also was maybe the best pass catching back in this class and was asked to work out as a wide receiver at the combine. He, pre- he presents himself well being able to read and set up blocks and is mentally well advanced in his years. The downside, he's at average speed and is quite on the small side. But for the right team that can use his talents in the pass game, he might turn out to be a super productive starter. NFL comp, Kareem Hunt. 
Yeah, that's a player that I know, Blake, you and I both love. Uh, it's somebody that I think we initially thought could be an option for the Cardinals in the third round. You know, as we get further and further into this process, closer to draft weekend, he is a fast riser. He's somebody who's so fluid. He's so elusive. The ability to break tackles and then everything you want as a pass catching back, he would be incredibly deadly for a Kansas City offense that needs no favors done to it, but has the benefit of going BPA and adding a player the caliber of CEH it would just be off the charts for Andy Reid. And you know they'd be they'd utilize him in the best uh, way possible. This is a running back class. I don't know if we expect one to go in the first round. Jonathan Taylor was phenomenal at Wisconsin, but he loves to put the football on the ground. We'll see what happens with Swift. We'll see what happens with Dobbins of Ohio State. They just feel like a bunch of day two picks. A lot of teams are going to get really quality players on day two, being able to run the football for them. But the, the Chiefs have an opportunity just to sit back and say, hey, we're going to get the guy that fits what we do best. And I would fully expect him to go, if he doesn't go, at pick 32 to go shortly after come day two, Blake. Yeah, there's the, the top five running backs this year, and maybe six. I've watched a bit more of the tape, and it does feel like there's not really any backs that will be quite up there with Zach Moss as far as being able to be proven, experienced, and ready to potentially take over as a number one running back if needed. Some of the nice guys afterwards are pieces, or you might get a player like an Antonio Gibson who maybe he could end up being like a David Johnson type back with a lot of pass receptions and not as much running game. But ultimately, in the very end of it, I think the Cardinals may target one of those guys. Edwards Elair would probably be, like you and I said, our favorite. I think say, hey, I'd be willing to you know trade up for him if he slides a bit, but oh, I of don't course. think that will be the case. So that will just about wrap it up here for our mock draft. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in. Uh, we had a lot of fun being able to make all of this. Um, we'd appreciate it if you're new to the show, just tuning in. Um, we do cover at least mostly the Arizona Cardinals. We go over a lot of other stuff happening in the NFL as well, of course. Um, we'd love to recommend that you follow the podcast as well as follow us on Twitter. And uh, where can uh, any of our listeners do that, John? Hey, Blake, you can find uh, all of our content here on the Revenge of the Birds podcast as well as revengeofthebirds.com. I am on Twitter at Johnny Touchdown. Blake and I have had so much fun throughout the duration of this this draft process leading up to draft week. We're here now. It's time to, to celebrate something positive. And we think the Cardinals are going to have a heck of a weekend. And again, be able to enjoy this time with, with friends and family if you're able to. Blake and I will have hopefully a presence here in a virtual setting. Reach out. Send us a DM. Shoot us a, shoot us a message on Twitter. We want to interact. We want this to be a somewhat normal process for you guys to be able to enjoy this. And we're doing our best to give you Cardinal content on a consistent basis, please like and subscribe the podcast today. Blake, where can they find all of your great content? What do you have coming up? Yeah, I've uh, talked about it. It should be out by the time you hear this. The quarterback, uh, I guess, the statistical analysis, always taking who are their toughest competition. Lotus, uh, the last few years when I ran through the project, it really separated a lot of the wheat from the chaff. I still have my tier one guys that no one's gotten close to, which are Mahomes and Watson ended up testing out the highest. When they played their toughest competition, they delivered. Uh, that should be out at least for you guys at least today by the time you hear this. And we'll have a lot more draft uh, recaps and everything coming up. As far as if there's other news, we'll be able to pass that along to you guys as well. Thanks again for tuning in here. This is the Revenge of the Birds podcast, your complete cards coverage. Take care, and we'll see you on another side when the Cardinals have their pick officially up. <laughs> Roger Goodell's presenting from his basement. Should at least be hopefully a lot of fun. First sporting event in quite some time later this week. Take care, everyone, and go Cardinals. Go Cardinals.